Welcome to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. Let's get down to business. So today I want to talk to you about something that I believe is so incredible and so life-changing. I want to talk to you about new realities. Everything I'm speaking about today is new realities. The thing you're going to take away is new realities. So realities, reality is a noun, meaning the state of things as they actually exist, as opposed to an idealistic or notional idea of them. Example, he refuses to face reality. In the Genesis story, in the Genesis narrative that we are given, that is laid bare before us at the very beginning of the Bible, we engage with something so unbelievable, so unbelievable. When we start off at the beginning of the Bible, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God created the heavens and the earth. Now, when we look at that verse, you see the Bible wasn't written in English language. English language. It was written in the original Hebrew language. Now, in Hebrew, the word for God is Elohim. Elohim in Hebrew is not like English where you have singular and then you have plural. In Hebrew, you have singular, dual, plural. Singular, dual, plural. Elohim is... Is plural. It's not one. It's not two. It's plural. So straight away from the very first verse of the Bible, what we'll unpack over the course of Scripture is this notion that Christians call the Trinity. You see, God creator at the beginning laid out in Genesis. Then we see the Spirit of God hovering over the waters And then we see the spoken word of God creating and forming everything there is. Now, we've got a Bible book club looking through the Gospel of John. They've done chapters one to four last Sunday. And um, next month, the second Sunday of the month, it's going to be amazing. You can find out all the details on our website or you can click the link in our bio and scroll down and, and find out about that. But what happens in 1 John is John introduces, just like Genesis introduces, and he says... In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. Then in verse 14 of that chapter, he says, the Word became flesh and blood and lived among us. It's Jesus. So he looks at the Genesis narrative and in John, what he does, he introduces us and Jesus introduces us to the Creator in such an intimate and personal way. He calls him Father. When Jesus taught us how to pray, he said, our Father. And then he said that, He would send the the comforter, Holy Spirit. So the Father, creator, God, in Genesis. The Spirit hovering over the face of the deep. The spoken word of God creating and bringing all these things to being, John says, is Jesus. Now, as a kid, when I was growing up, I remember thinking about this. And I was thinking, this is just such a crazy book, Genesis, because... God speaks and reality is created and all these things come into being. And I was thinking, I talk a lot and I've never seen a galaxy flying out across the playground. I've never seen all these things come into being with the words I create. And I remember thinking, this 
doesn't make sense. This is kind of ridiculous. And I didn't really get it. But I remember reading that there was a number of rabbis that say, of course, God spoke existence into being. Of course, because our words create new realities all the time. Our words create new realities all the time. I remember as a kid playing football for the school team and I, was, I wasn't that great at football and I remember uh, that the, my teacher thought it was safe to bring me on as a sub when we were 10 nil up. I came on at 10 nil, 10 nil. Obviously at 9 nil, it wasn't safe for Andy Gray to enter the fray, 10 nil. I come on the pitch, I'll never forget it. This goalkeeper goes to take clear the ball and as he clears it, he shoots it straight at my chest. It hits me, nearly wins me, I can't breathe floats over the defender's head as I'm still staggering forward because it's hit me so hard. It lands on my leg, cushions up in the air, and I realise I can hit this. So I hit it as hard as I can on the volley, and it goes flying up, and I go, oh, it's gone over. And I turn away, and as I turn away, I'll start walking back to centre circles. I'm thinking he's going to take a goal kick to get in position. And actually, when I look back, I, I, I see my, my friends just like this, with their hands in the air, celebrating. I'm like, what? And I turn back, the goalkeeper's on his back, the ball's in the back of the net. To everyone who was watching, it looked like I chested the ball, it landed, I cushioned it, chipped over the defender, ran past and volleyed it straight up in the air so much it dipped over the out, the goalkeeper who was caught off his line. It looked like an absolute weldy. The truth was I've been hitting the chest and it luckily fell on my leg and I scored this goal by complete fluke and accident. But I end up getting... Honoured by my teacher after one or two matches to do the match report. I was so excited to do it. But my words would let me down. You see, I'm dyslexic. And, and as a kid, I really used to struggle at school. And I'd written it all down, the match report. And I was so scared. I was shaking. My friend saw me shaking. And he was really good and confident in the English language. He said he'd do it in front of me. He stood up in front of the school. Looked down. He was so confident. He hadn't read what I'd written before. None of it made sense. The words weren't spelled correctly. The words were the wrong way around. And he couldn't. He couldn't speak it, it made no sense. And the headmaster stopped to him, what's the meaning of this? And they said, oh, Andy Gray wrote this. And um, yeah, and he, oh, the headmaster knew right away. He knew my inability. And uh, I hadn't meant to screw up assembly and do all this stuff. And I hadn't meant to make my friend look like an idiot. He knew, he knew me. And my headmaster went, oh, don't worry about it. But another teacher dragged me out into the hallway afterwards, stood over me for five minutes, which seemed like eternity, and said, you are a disgrace to this school, and you should never do public speaking again for as long as you live. And as a small child, I remember being nine or ten years of age, something like that, maybe 12 or 11, something like that kind of formative age. I remember standing there and believing, you are a disgrace to this school, and you should never do public speaking ever again. That's how I felt. And, and so when there was an opportunity to speak in class, I wouldn't put my hand up. When there's a chance to be in a play, I wouldn't be involved. I wouldn't get involved in any opportunity there was to do anything publicly to speak because a word was spoken and it created a whole new reality for me, a devastating reality, a horrible reality, a brutal one. Until years later, I believed that God had called me to speak for him, to kids, to young people and to the nations. And God spoke into reality a new word over my life. God spoke a better word over my life. And when God spoke that word, it changed the internal reality. And when it changed the internal reality, I started to speak a new reality into the existence around me. I want to let you know that sometimes the things people say to us create realities for us. And they are so real. But I want you to know they are not the truth. That Jesus is the truth. And that Jesus has come to set you free. And that in Jesus, you can have 
freedom and liberation from the words that have been spoken over you because he's the word that God speaks in the beginning. And when God speaks creation to being, he looks at it and he says, it was good. It was good. I want us to have a moment maybe in our lives this week to pause about some of the things that we've said about other people. Maybe some of the things we've said over our kids, maybe things we've said over ourselves, our own lives. Can we weigh it up and say that it was good? Because if we can't, we need to allow God to create a new reality within us. If the things that we're saying, if the things that are coming out of our mouth aren't good, God needs to create a new reality within us. You see, your thoughts, your emotions and your words will shape the reality around you. And I just want to take a few moments to to say this because you see, our feelings and our words internally and our words spoken outwards create the reality around us. If someone is looking to rob a person... And they see you walking down the high street kind of confidently, chest out, walking down. You are not very likely to be the person that they choose to attempt to rob. But the person who's walking timid and afraid. I'm not victim blaming here. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying the opportunist who's looking is like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It invites a situation upon themselves. As a kid, I was learning to ride a bike. And my dad told me, avoid the tree, avoid the tree, avoid the tree. Did you know there was one tree for like eight, nine hundred, maybe a thousand meters? What did I do? I was so focused on avoiding that tree. What did I do? I hit the tree. There's nothing for a thousand meters. And I cycled straight into that tree because internally everything was focused on that. The internal narrative that you and I have within ourselves determines so much. There's an incredible story from the Holocaust. Uh, in the Second World War, there was this Jewish rabbi trying to get out of Nazi Germany with his son. And he literally walked out of Nazi Germany with no papers. This is documented. This is part of history. I can't remember his name, but I remember reading about him. And he literally walked straight out. He got on trains. SS soldiers were there. And his son had this one moment where the SS soldier was walking towards them. And he turned to his son and he said to him, you're not concentrating hard enough. You're not concentrating hard enough on who you are, on who God believes you are. You're too focused on your outward appearance and your insecurity of how visible you were with Jewish, like having the beard and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and the guy focused, started to focus on God again. And what happened? The SS soldiers walked away. You see, sometimes we don't believe in the power of the internal voice within us. And the internal voice within us will sabotage us time and time again. I know this because my internal voice, the feelings and the thoughts inside They manifest themselves in my actions, in my body language, in how I live my life. And it has sabotaged me so many times. And that's why the Bible says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's why in Colossians, in chapter 3, it talks about thinking on things that are above on these things and dwelling on these things. Your internal reality changes your external reality. If it doesn't challenge me, it won't change me. Resistance training in the dream is true to this. If the weight isn't going to ch- if challenge you, it isn't going to change you. And if the internal voice isn't challenging you, and if the internal emotion, if it isn't stretching you, if it isn't causing you forward, it's not going to change you. And so what we have to do is we have to be in a position where we start to create new realities all around us. I want to talk to you about my new favorite saint. I'm going to call him a saint, whether people call him a saint or don't call him a saint. I don't care. I'm just branding him as a saint. Mr. Patrick Hutchinson, what a saint, what a legend. At a time of national and international crisis, at a time when so many words were being spoken and realities were being created, I watched his interview 
And um, funny enough, listening to his words, he actually epically failed in his goal because he stood there being interviewed about rescuing a white racist who could have and most likely potentially would have died in the beatdown that he was getting in, in that particular environment as he scoops him up and as he pulls him out. His, his, his narrative was this. He said, I didn't do it for him. Like, yeah, I didn't want to see that guy die in front of me or get really badly hurt and stuff. I didn't want to see that. Of course, no one wants to see that. But ultimately, what I did it for is I didn't want the Black Lives Matter narrative to change. I'm so sorry, Patrick. You changed the narrative, mate. You made it better. You gave us a better narrative. The reality within Patrick, whoever it is that makes him him and whatever it is that makes his values came out of his actions and he created a better reality for all of us. And the whole world was watching. It was everywhere. The images, the videos, the pictures, because the reality and the narrative of who he was, the word that was inside him. He wanted to protect a narrative and he gave us the greatest narrative we could have at this time and in this season. You see, words create new realities all the time. Someone makes a comment about your appearance, it creates a new reality. We talk, and right now in the world, it's so loud. All these words are being spoken and all these things are being said and it's creating this chaotic reality. And I'm scared for the reality that's being created for our children, for our families within our society. I'm scared at the things I'm hearing because I can see the reality that these words are going to form, these words are going to shape and how the world is going to be around us. But I know that my God spoke a better word because when my God spoke creation into being, when he formed all that we know, he said that it was good. And we have to weigh up the things that we saying are the things that I'm saying right now good if they're not good then I need to encounter God again that he can change the reality within me he can change the reality within me when the internal reality changes when we when we receive circumcision of our heart not of our body but circumcision of our heart a change within us when God does a work within us what comes out of us is so much greater it becomes something that God looks at like he did his son he says This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. We need to create new realities around us. Now, at City Hill, uh, more than any pastor, I'm going to put out a a plug that I reckon more than any pastor I've ever met or ever heard of. If you know someone, tag them in, please, and let me know. I'd love to meet them. I think I talk about money less than any pastor in existence in the history of mankind. But today, I do have to mention something about money. Um, I want to tell you something new and amazing. So for those of you who ever give via our City Hill app or give via our website, there's a drop down menu when it says general. And if you give to general, it's the best thing you can do because we can spend it any way that needs to be spent. And that's a fantastic thing to do. But there's also some funds that we have. One for new locations, because our vision as a church over five years is to become one church, six locations. But the other one was Father the Fatherless. And that's gone now. It's not there. We're still doing what's there and we're still doing that mission. But we've changed it because now what we've done is the fund is now called New Realities. It's called New Realities. You see, at City Hill London, what we don't do is we don't respond to situations. At City Hill London, what we don't do is we don't react to situations. What we do is we take on the model of Jesus because we're Christ followers. And he says, I don't say anything that of my own initiative. I don't do anything of my own initiative. I say what I hear my father saying, and I do what I see my father doing. And so we've been taking time like we always do 
in every situation, in every season, God, what are you saying? Because whatever you're saying, I want to be saying. God, whatever you're saying, I want you to be saying it into me because I want it to flow out of me. Whatever it is you're doing, God, I want to be a part of what you're doing. Don't leave me on the bench. Don't leave me behind. I want to be with you. I want to be speaking a new world into existence. I want to be speaking a better word than the word that's around me because I don't like the chaos. I don't like what's being created. I don't like the narrative. I want a better narrative like Patrick. I want a better narrative like Jesus. Caesar is Lord was what they used to say. Jesus is Lord. Caesar will run over your body for his own purpose, but Jesus' body was broken for you and for many. It's a better word for you. It's a better word of healing. And so at City Hill, we have the new reality. Fund. Now, what the New Realities Fund does is what it always does. It's Father's Day. African Child Trust is a charity that we support and we work with because they support uh, the fatherless and the orphan and the widow. Uh, we haven't got into supporting widows yet, but we support fatherless and orphan children. We have six children in Kigera, Tanzania. All of them have in common is their fathers died. You see, when the day their father died, a new reality was created for them. There is no benefit state there. So what happened was their reality went from about here, here to, to here. They would be in poverty the rest of their lives. Their older siblings drop out of school and have to now sell nuts or, or maize at the side of the road. And they no longer have an opportunity at school. Their siblings all can't afford to go to school because they can't afford the resources and the means. So what we do at City Hill London is we sponsor six fatherless orphan children and we sponsor those kids. I want to tell you about one of the most recent ones that we started to support within the last year. I want to talk to you about Nima, who is 14 years old. She lives with her grandfather because her mum and dad are both dead in uh, Bahiramulu in the district of Kagera. Uh, Nima's father passed away in 2003 from, oh no, her mother is alive, but they're living with the grandparents because I think they lost their home. Uh, Nima's father passed away in 2003 from malaria. The mother doesn't have regular work and earns very little to support the family. So um, they tried to sell beans and maize to support the family. Nima is attending secondary school. Her performance at school is very good and she continues to receive good grades. She continues to work hard. Nima enjoys playing with her friends during break and enjoys learning and studying. At home, Nima's favorite activity is to take good care of her goats. We got her some goats with the support that we give. We're creating a new reality here for that's a business and it's, it's valuable. It's like having a car, having a goat. It's very valuable in her community. Nima really wants to pass her school exams and become a teacher. We believe Nima will be a worthy Toby Adeyemi Foundation Scholar, given her excellent academic performance to date. Let me tell you, we're creating a new reality for Nima. We're creating a new reality for the other five children. Because you know what? When God speaks a word in you, it comes out. You see, believe is a verb. It's a doing word. You can't believe something and do nothing. You can't. You're a liar. You're fake. You're of your father, the devil. You've got to speak a word and back the word. You've got to embody the word. You've got to live the word. And as a church, we believe that God has spoken a word within us and it has to create a new reality. It has to because when God spoke a word, it created a whole new universe. It created a cosmos. It created life. When God spoke a word in us, it spoke a word that we had to be father to the fatherless. We have to create new opportunities. We have to create new realities. So that is what we're doing over there, but it's not limited to what we're doing over there because uh, a mate of mine, Seth Pinnock, is starting something called Symphony Schools, and, and next year they'll be launching Symphony Schools, providing free tuition classes for black um, young men, kids in, in line with the GCSE curriculum. Lessons will be taught by black teachers and held in church halls across the UK. Alongside this, mentorship and talks from some of the UK's most inspirational role models. The class will have opportunities to go on day trips, visiting historical, cultural sites and leading businesses. They're going to engage with leading businesses. So we're not just interested in creating new realities the other side of the world, but for black 
kids, for black men, for black boys growing up, the opportunities and the lid is just like that of that girl within our society. We're going to speak a better word. We're going to create a new reality. Um, they've been doing like a, a GoFundMe page trying to get to like a certain amount of money and City Hill London, we've given a couple of hundred, but I told him, you know what, we're not really interested in this one-off gift. As soon as you've got the bank account, as soon as you've got the school going, we're giving monthly. We're partnering with you for the long term. We want to build a relationship. We want to create new realities in the world around us in the same way that Patrick Hutchinson created a new reality in the world around us. But we're not stopping there. Some of the stuff we do at City Hill is very visible and people can see it. Some of it's not visible and can't be seen. One of the things that can't be seen is we had an internal group that was formed to talk about the situation of race within the, the UK. It wasn't something that I was a part of. I feel I'm on the Instagram live all the time and my face is always seen. So as people who are visiting for the first time don't realize maybe that our church is completely made up of different races and I'm one of, I think, three white people within our church. And so we had a group that was formed and the group was made up of completely of black young women and men who wanted to talk about race and what we need to do. We'd come up with some creative solutions that's gonna come under new realities that I'd already said we need to action and we're gonna get going, but actually there needed to be voices and things informed that would happen that would be not at all related to anything that comes out of my brain because um, obviously I receive white privilege um, even though I do get racially abused because I don't look white. I definitely have white privilege and so it needed to be something that was formed outside of it, separate to me. And so the information that came back was that actually, Andy, what we want you to do is we want you to create some Zoom meetings online and we want you to do something whereby you create a safe space for white young people to come and to converse around race and that they can say things and be in a safe environment where some of the questions they have that may be messy or maybe um, problematic or difficult, um, you can help and with someone else um, help to shape a new reality because that's what our country needs. We need a new reality. We can't carry on with the same broke system the same way. So as part of our new realities initiative, that's not something that needs any of the funding or any of the giving goes towards that. That's something that we're going to be doing separate from that. We're also going to be creating some opportunities for creative expression um, for black young people to be able to talk about some of the ways that how they see and perceive the world around them, how they see and perceive the police force, government, um, our nation, culture, people in general, that they can start to get out some of the internal narrative and that we can create a better narrative together, that we can form something. Because you want to know something? I, I, I've got a spoiler alert. I've read the end of the book. So sorry if you're midway or somewhere stuck in the Bible, but in Revelation it says every tribe and every tongue every tribe and every tongue and if maybe you haven't even got to the prophet Joel yet you don't know that he's pouring his spirit on all flesh so if his spirit is on all flesh then everyone is the same that everyone is equal that everyone is part of his family and actually way before the abolition of the slave trade there was a Libyan um, Simon of Cyrene who carried Jesus' cross. That guy was Libyan. He was African and he carried Jesus' cross. Africans have been involved in the gospel from, from, the, from the New Testament way before any British or English person ever was. And the same with the Apostle Philip when he, he, he led the Ethiopian eunuch. And the Ethiopia at one stage in history was a Christian country way before the, before the slave trade or any of that stuff happened. God was using and was instrumental in Africa way before any of that stuff happened. He was doing good and wonderful things because we are one family, because we are one people, we are one tribe. We have one 
thing in common and we unite around Jesus and we unite over that above every other thing. And the reason we do that is because when the father spoke a word, he spoke and that word was Jesus and that word became flesh and blood and he showed us a new reality and he showed us a new way. And then maybe today um, you're in a place right now where there's hurt and regardless of the situation that's happening now, including the situation, but also regardless of it, there is sin in our lives. There is death in our lives that creates an internal narrative that isn't good. I want you to know that God is good and he speaks a better word into you. The insecurities that have been holding you back for years, the doubt that have been holding you back for years, the thoughts of lack of self-worth that have been holding you back for years. Your identity has been founded upon mistakes. No, your identity has been founded upon the cross of Jesus Christ upon he purchased you from your sin not with something perishable like gold or silver that goes up in value not with bitcoin not with bonds not with um, any other thing but with his blood the imperishable blood of Jesus that you might know freedom and be set free I'm going to pray for us today and as we pray what my prayer is that God would do something internal in us that our reality would change in here Don't listen to everything in the world around you. All the words that are being said, everything on social media, it will poison you. It will leave you trapped. But he wants to say a better word in here. He wants you to be free because we need to be voices speaking a new reality. We can't allow the voices around us to be the dominant ones. We have to speak something better because God's word is in us. We can't think on the things that are lower like Paul says in Colossians. We have to think and dwell on the things that are above And God's way is above. His body was broken for us. I'm going to pray for us. Holy Spirit, would you come? Holy Spirit, would you come? Each and every single person here comes onto this Instagram live feed or onto the video later. And they come with a different reality. Every single one of us has a different reality. On every topic, on every hang up. Lord, would you come by the power of your word and speak a new reality into our internal voice? Would you speak hope? Would you speak peace? Would you speak something new into our emotions? Would you deliver us? Would you save us, oh God? In Jesus' name, would you save us, Father? Save us. Do a good thing in us, Lord. That out of us, we would start to speak different. That we would speak a new reality into being around us. Not a tainted, poisoned one, but one full of your life. In Jesus' wonderful name. Proverbs 29, verse 25. The fear of man lays a snare. The fear inside of man, the fears that we have, it lays a snare and a trap waiting for us. But the one who trusts in the Lord is safe or will be saved. Fear waits as a trap. You wake up in the morning having thought all about how your boss is going to have a go at you about something. It lays a trap for you and you go into a conversation already hearing things they're not even saying. It's a trap. All the different fears that we have going on is a trap. But those who trust in the Lord, you're not afraid because you trust in the Lord. You're at peace because you trust in the Lord. You're whole because you trust in the Lord and you'll be saved and be in that place of being safe because you trust in the reality that he is creating internally that will flow externally, bringing the kingdom of heaven at hand. I hope that... Blesses you guys. I want you to know your father in heaven is the greatest, most awesome dad in the world. Don't let the good things your dad be the ceiling of the experience of your father in heaven. Don't let the bad things of your dad 
or the non-existent dad, limit that. Encounter the father in all his goodness and all his purity because he has good things for you and he wants to create a new reality with you. He didn't die for anyone to be on the bench, guys. Everyone's got to be in the game. Our words create new realities. May his word create a new reality in your heart and out of your mouth. In Jesus' name, have a fantastic Father's Day. Celebrate the Father of lights, our God in heaven. Have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. We're going to create new realities together. We're going to create new realities together. Have a fantastic week. Love you all. Peace. Shalom. today's message and if you'd like to find out more about City Hill please visit our website cityhill.london